0: Awesome. Hey, well, isn't it good to be back together? And um, hey, if you are new along today, I don't know if that's going to even, I'm just going to pop that in there. Um, if you're new, visiting, uh, or just happen to be here in some kind of way, uh, great to have you with us. Uh, we just really hope you experience, you know, the, the Thrive hug, which includes, you know, the love of God. Uh, he loves every single one of us incredibly, from the front to the back. From the left to the right, you know, we pray that today everyone would just come into a fresh revelation of who God is. Hey, I'm just wondering um, if I could just have another row of lights up, just in-house lights, just so I could see some faces this morning, because, I mean, I guess you could see me. It'd be nice to be able to see you a little bit more as well. That would be awesome. Um, Hey, just during worship, um, I was just reminded of uh, something that Jesus said often, and that was... He who has ears, let him hear. Uh, let him hear. And, and then Debbie um, just gave us a moment to, to listen. And I was just considering just the, um, the importance at this time to listen. Because Jesus knows that everyone's got ears, right, when he's saying that, okay? He's not like, hey, some people back in those times didn't have ears. Everyone had a set of ears, but he was talking about listening to something else, to someone else. He was talking about listening through hearts, listening beyond the noise and the commentary of the world. He was talking about l- listening to the voice of the Father. And I, I just have such a sense in this time, and uh, th- this is a time to, to not just to listen to commentaries, emotions, all that, all that other stuff, but to be listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. He is speaking. He speaks in a whisper, <laughs> but He is speaking over your life, and He has things to say about you, for you, and through your life. That you would become, you know, we, we start being ears that listen, but we become a mouth that speaks too, don't we? And hands that respond, and so he's he's just calling us to, to be people who listen in this season. Um, actually, just when I was, I was praying at the start of this week, um, down the river, river, as is my custom, and um, and I was actually doing some listening, and um, Emma Smith, you came to mind. So you're here today, Emma. That's right. Yeah, I see that hand. Hi, Emma. How you doing? Everyone wave to Emma. Emma waves back. She's amazing. And Hayden, married to Hayden, they are incredible. Incredible couple, and and um, I just had a very I just had a picture um, as soon as well I saw the picture and thought of you immediately, and I saw a a boy as in a boy that's in the sea that a ship will moor um, to, and I saw this boy just coming up out of the water and then popping on top of the water, and and I just got buoyancy, and I just have a sense right you know in that moment I I well. Then I saw your Facebook testimony on Friday, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. So I'm just going to, could you guys just stand up, like Hayden and Emma, like, let's just pray for these guys, because they are incredible. And, and I just believe, though, that there's, you know, you've fought for your anchor uh, in, many, in many ways in this, in this last, you know, last few years of your life. And that anchor, you have that anchor, but now you've become really buoyant because, you know, you are, you're connected and you're not going anywhere. You know, the wind and the waves are going to blow around, but you're going to stay secure. And so I just saw this buoyancy where, where other people, because the boy is there for, uh, because there's an anchor below and then ships will come and, and connect. And so I see that strength around your life. So, Jesus, we just pray for Hayden and Emma today. We just thank you for uh, the persistence that they've both uh, had that to, to not give up, to fight for their freedom, to fight for their future, to fight for truth, and, and to create legacy as well. And we bless them as a couple who have stood the test. And we bless them for this next season, that you would give them eyes, you would open the eyes of their hearts, pour out that spirit of wisdom and revelation over their, over their lives that they'd be able to see and know and become stronger in this season. And we just thank you for joy around buoyancy, because that just sounds like fun in Jesus' name. amen amen Amen. all right it's so good we love you guys um so this message, I was I've, I've had a couple of goes at preaching this message already this year. Um, Mitch actually requested that I preached this message. Um, Mitch uh, was our uh, youth pastor, worship pastor. He was just he just left a couple of weeks ago to go and um, be a part of an amazing church in Whangarei. and and so this message was kind of uh, there's some back in the day I was his youth pastor and it had some kind of meaning to him, and I was like I'm going to preach this for you then Mitch and I hope that someone else gets something from this and so Mitch isn't even here Uh, you know so that's a little bit of a shame but it's about legacy it's like so. What we were hoping to do today, as well, was was to actually sit in our associate youth pastors today. Unfortunately, um, Sasha can't be here because of COVID. But I'm like, no, we're just going to do this message today, all right? And so it's just going to happen. And I hope that you know that God would speak to your life, speak to your heart, that you would have ears to hear His voice uh, at this time as well. So this is from Second Samuel chapter twenty three. Uh, if you've got your Bibles. Today, We're going to start in verse eight, and, and this is um, David giving account four mighty warriors that um, he had with him and it's a reflection of three of them and these people were the elite of his mighty men and so this is if you're a man in this place this is very much a masculine type story Um, there's some blood and and guts and and old testament kind of like what you know in there but um we're just gonna go so here we go it says and and I'm just gonna not try and read some of the names because I always get myself in trouble Anyone laughs at me. Anyway, these are the name of uh, names of David's mighty warriors. Uh, Joseph B. and he was from T. and he was chief of the three. He raised. I know it's a cop out, right? He raised his spear against eight hundred men, whom he killed in one encounter. And. A little bit of context. These uh, these nations were evil. They did child sacrifices. They were, you know, like this was God was on a like, let's get this place holy again. Uh, and then it says next to him was Eliezer, Eliezer. Uh, anyway, he was the son of D, uh, the A, as, uh, as one of the three mighty warriors. He was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pas-Damon for battle. Uh, then the Israelites uh, retreated. But Eliezer stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eliezer, but only to strip the dead. It's a happy story, isn't it? It's gory. Uh, next to him was Shemar, son of Agi the Harite. This is why Mitch wanted me to speak to the story, right? You get it now? When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled before them, but Shema took his stand in the middle of the field. You know, he cried out, you can take my life, but you're never going to take my lentils. Um, That's in the NIV. Uh, And then he defended it. And struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. And uh, if you don't know what a lentil is, it's about the size of a pea. It's a it's a food source, and um, I just just loved this story that um, Shema, one of the three mighty men, would put his life on the line for a seemingly insignificant field of produce. And, you know, we do have to remember that in the Bible times, there weren't any welfare systems, and, you know, that the church has actually been kind of that for for the last 2,000 odd years before the early 1900s when actually welfare was brought in actually into Germany and then into the UK. Actually Winston Churchill was one of those ones back in the early um, last century who, who tried to petition that when he was in the Labour Party and then he changed his parties and all that and that's what he did. But he, he had a heart for meeting um, the welfare of the community. Um, so Shema, though, in that moment, he would, have been, he would have been thinking, you know, I need to protect the food source for my community. I need to be, I'm thinking, if I don't take my stand on this field, people will die. That's amazing, isn't it? To put your life on the line for somebody else's source of food and supply. And as we look into Shema, we, you know, consider that he was, it's likely that he was one of the guys that was with King David when King David wasn't king. In fact, when he was running from King Saul, you know, being chased by King Saul, Shamar. it was very likely that Shamar was one of those outcasts, one of those rejects, one of those in debt to society. If, if you read your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. And they ran to be around and to be gathered by David at that time. And and at that time for David, that was a really difficult time in his life but life, but he became a light in that moment for others. And he he just he people came around his life and those that society had rejected, David essentially unrejected. So I, I you know, I see you. I, I want to give you an identity, a cause, a, a place of belonging, and he, and he chose them, and, and he nurtured them, and they became a part of his warriors. And um, uh, at the start of this year, Deb and I, were we took a, a couple of nights away, I think it was, and, and we just took some time away to, to seek the Lord. And I was, I was sitting there in a moment, um, just seeking him, and, and I just continually had the name Shema. Shema, 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 just running through my head. And I thought, is that, is that, am I meant to speak in tongues now or what's going on here? Um, but I was like, no, God's actually speaking about, is there someone in the Bible called Shema? I'd forgotten about this story actually. And, I, and I, so I did a little bit of research and I found out that, the, that Shema in Hebrew actually means loss and desolation. But then Jehovah Shema, which is in Ezekiel forty-eight means the Lord is present. Isn't that awesome? The Lord is present. This, this is, ama- this, is, this is a man Shema who lived probably in a place of loss and desolation, but the Lord became present in his life, and his life then was a reflection of what it means to be a Jehovah Shema to be a warrior filled with the presence of God. You know, and just like Shema, if we live our lives without the presence of God, without the Spirit of God, without the purposes of God, without the Word of God, without the fellowship of believers, there's an emptiness. There's a void there's a, a loss, a desolation. We've just, we're independent, aren't we? We're just a name. We're just a Shema, essentially. But when Christ comes in, we become a Jehovah Shema. The Lord is present. 1 Corinthians says that in, verse, in chapter 6, we, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's amazing that God would live in us, that He would put treasure in my jar of clay. There would be something so precious and valuable about our lives, and that would be the fact that the Lord dwells in each one of us, and our identity becomes connected and defined or redefined by the presence of of the Lord, because, you know, the Lord is present. The Lord is present. And maybe, you know, you're here today, and you've actually been in a period of loss, of desolation, of trial, of isolation. I just want to speak Jehovah Shema over you. The Lord is presence. Even though that you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, because He is with you. He he is with you. And I looked a bit more into Shemar and then discovered that he was one of the, the mighty man, mighty men of God and, and that his life was essentially transformed because he was around David. The man after God's heart, King David, gave Shemar his life and value again. And I want to propose to you today that, that it was the Spirit of God on David's life And the intentionality of David's witness that became the lamp to Shema's feet and the light to his path. You know, today my message is called Defend the Lentils. (laughs) Defend the Lentils. And you might look around, you might look at your family and think, man, they're a bunch of lentils, aren't they? (laughs) You know... But God's calling each one of us as a part of the DNA of heaven is to stand To stand on the side of justice, on the side of grace, on the s- because love looks like something, right? Love looks like defending things that may actually, or, or people that may, you know, you may not have any, any gain out of that, but love does that. That's what love does. And I thought, you know, Shema had witnessed David's life for years. he had seen David in the worst of times and the best of times when, you know, when David was uh, hiding in a cave and Saul comes in and, and, and David has an opportunity to take um, Saul's life. But, but Shema would have seen David say, you know, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to honor a corrupt king. I mean, it's powerful. Shema's seeing that. Shema's witnessing that. Then, when they, uh, you know, remember at the, this place called Ziklag, and and they essentially their whole army had they'd lost their wives, their possession, they'd been carried off, and then what did David do? David, it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord. Shema would have seen that, and then they pursue, overtake, recover all. Shema would have been a part of those people who went out and took possession of everything that was lost at Ziklag. I've got a few random points here today. My first random point is that giant slayers create giant slayers. And King David was a giant slayer and essentially Shema became a giant slayer. If you want to be someone who slays giants, hang around those who do. And that could be a metaphor for anything, you know. If you want to be, you know, somebody who reaches out to others, hang around those who do. If you want to become, you know, uh, strong in the prophetic, hang around those who are. If you want to learn how to counsel and shepherd, hang around those who do. You know, we become like those we hang around. You know, what did Paul say in the book of Exaggerations, chapter 76? He said, figure out your discipleship journey on your own. Live as a Christian your own way. Did anyone, anyone else see that in the book of Exaggerations? No. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 11. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. The New King James says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. And he was saying to the Corinthian church, you need more than words. You need an example a living, breathing human that is pursuing Christ that you can aspire to be like, that you can orientate your faith and your worldview and your prayers and your discipleship, you need someone else to look to. See, grace alone, I mean, grace is powerful, but grace alone does not mature the body of Christ. It does does not mature um, young Christians. It does not make... Disciples, it's actually the discipleship of that grace through fathers and mothers in the kingdom that matures the body of Christ. And you can read Ephesians 4 and, and get some more out of that if you want to. You know, the apostle Paul he sent Timothy back to Corinthian, or back to Corinth, when um, he was in um, Ephesus to remind the church of Paul's ways in Christ, all right? He sends Timothy to remind the church about his ways. And he say, it says this in 1 Corinthians four fifteen and 17, even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me for this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus. He will remind you of my way in Christ Jesus. It's a powerful thought to get our head around that we don't idolatize, you know, people in our lives, but we need others who reflect and reveal who Christ is to us. You know, the body of Christ is not meant to be a bunch of independent people that just come together on, on Sunday and then go and live independent lives. We need each other. And maybe you could father me in some kind of way. And maybe I can father you in some kind of way because we all need some kind of encouragement, don't we? Paul said, "I, I became your father through the gospel you know you had 10,000 guardians and i thought you know what's the difference between a guardian and a and a father and a guardian has just the mindset of obligation of someone who lives who who gives conditional temporary oversight that would be a guardian as far as i could tell however a father will never stop being a father because the father's dna is running through their children's veins like it, you don't have a full stop as a parent you just parent until you go on to glory, I guess, you know. <laughs> there's something, see, I think there's something greater that the church globally ha- that, you know, ahead for us, isn't there, in the, in, the, in the connection of father and son, of mother and daughter, of, of you know, this life on life kind of, I know it's a Christian-y kind of way of saying it, but like, we are created to be together. We deeply need each other. You know, it was in the years of investment by Paul that enabled Timothy to grow and carry Paul's DNA because grace alone doesn't mature the body of Christ. We need each other. And then if you look at Paul's life, before Paul could do what he did, he had a Barnabas who reached out to Paul as a new believer and, and his pastor been completely antichrist and everyone was like, I'm staying away from Paul, and Barnabas said, Barnabas said no, he his names mean son of encouragement. I'm gonna believe in you, I'm gonna call you out, and I'm gonna bring you into the fellowship of the church. You know, this um, down here is is a is a baton that has been handed down through our youth pastors, actually, for, I don't know, the last sort of 15-odd years. Um, but we wanted, we, we kind of kick-started this, but we're like, let's get all the youth pastors who are ever in this church to um, to to write a, actually, because you can open this, see. To write their, you know, their verse that, their, that was their why for youth ministry and put it in this baton. And, and, and it will be symbolic of our of the legacy that we've had in, in youth ministry. But also, it's something that we're going to continue with intentionality to pass on through the generations of this church. And um, my verse that I wrote in here, you've heard me say this probably a thousand times, is from Psalm 71. And David's, David wrote this in his old age. And he said, even when I'm old and gray do not forsake me, O Lord, until I declare your power to the next generation, your might to all who are to come. And I just love that in his old age, that King David, he wanted to release the power and the strength to those who were powerless and who had little strength. He was set on the next generation of who would carry this, who would carry the anointing? Who would receive the power? Who would receive the strength of the kingdom, of the king of kings? And it sounds really magnificent, doesn't it? it sounds big and dynamic, and you're like, well, what can I do? Um, a few years ago, I was walking past one of the cupboards in our house, and I just heard this little, like, Kind of like a, tick 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 tick. I was like, "What's that noise?" And I heard it earlier in the day, and um, so I opened up the cupboard, and it was like toy cupboard, and and I pulled out all these all these toys. Got to the bottom, and I found Thomas the Tank Engine in the corner, battery powered Thomas the Tank Engine, and he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) such an eager little dude. He just he had somewhere to go, right, but he didn't have the track to run on and I think that's a lot that sends a message to me when I think of that again is that you know what does it what does it mean to release the power and the strength of the king into somebody's life? I think it's a lot of it is about saying i could I've got something to give you." Because that was the first thing that that David did, right? He was like, I want to declare. He, He knew that he had something to offer. And that's what we need to do, first of all, is we know, well, I've got something in my hands to give. But just. Putting Thomas, Picking Thomas up and putting him on a track and sending him on his way, I think that that could speak to what our call is in life, is to actually get those Thomases, those Shamas, those ones that are around our lives and say, hey, let me help you get on track. Let me help you position your life so that you could actually do what you're called to do. You could be who you're called to be and go where you're called to go. You know, maybe through your life today, God the Father wants, you know, you to be someone who reaffirms the value of someone's life that you know. You know, that's a powerful thing to do, to be a Barnabas, to be a son of encouragement, to, to just really go out of your way to encourage someone. I reckon as a church, we could do better than this, than what we've, we've done. I mean, we're pretty encouraging. But imagine if we just were intentional, just to just to encourage someone, everyone in this church, every week I'm going to go out of my way to encourage someone. One more time a week, whether it's someone that you bump into at school or someone here on a Sunday morning or even in your own family, to be a voice of encouragement. Maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you're called to just go to that one person. Maybe you're called to go to the many somehow. Maybe you've got a voice of influence that you're called to go and bring influence in a, in a leadership kind of way. Maybe you're here today and you've got a passion for discipleship. You want to help people transition from the milk of God's Word to the meat of God's Word. You know, there are people here that need people who are passionate about the Word of God. Maybe you're just like, well, I'm really awesome at swinging an axe and I can cut firewood for someone. I mean, that's awesome. Do that. Be helpful. Get involved with Thrive Helps lead a small group. You could, Everyone has got something to offer, and you might feel, like I said, you could feel absolutely disqualified in an area of your life, and even if there's an element of truth in that area, an area of struggle, that does not mean that you are unqualified in other ways to help the body of Christ, to help your neighbor, to, and also with that, to not live in condemnation. We need people around us, all right? That's my message. We need people around us. We need people, you know, we need people below us, and it sounds a bit demeaning, but those ones that we're, you know, we can help up. We need people above us that are calling us up. We need people beside us that we're walking and doing life with. We're, we're, we're created. The church is meant to be a, a family to one another. We're not, you're not meant to be an audience that leaves after the show. Like, that's not what church is. This is not a spectator sport. This is life and life. You know, Jesus said this in Luke 4 verse 19, 19 and I'm bringing this into to land here. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I was looking at this, and all I can see is that anointing and the Spirit of the Lord releases freedom. That's what Jesus, he said, I've got this, and I'm going to bring this to you. And when you think of David and Paul, these guys were both like these guys were seeking God with, with all of all of their hearts. David was the man after God's heart, yet he showed Shema that the place of desolation can become a place where the Lord is. Paul, you know, I desire, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing uh, sharing in His sufferings. You know, I want to, I want this encounter, the spirit to spirit encounter, but that manifested in a way where He raised up spiritual sons and daughters, Timothys, and took the gospel around the world. You know, when the Spirit of God touches our lives, there's no doubt that, you know, we have our own journey of freedom and transformation to go on, but we ultimately, God sees every one of us as world changers, of, as difference makers, as people who belong to one another because anointing it releases freedom. I love this church, man. It's a good church. (laughs) Uh, I I was, uh, I never thought I'd settle in Rangiora, right? I was always a city guy. I I was telling someone yesterday, actually, just last night. It was Liam's 21st, actually. Happy birthday, Liam. I was there. And I was telling someone about a really easy decision I had to make uh, when I it was oh, a long time ago, and I had the choice of uh, working in Sydney, uh, and actually was my dream job, I'd been over there, I'd um, been a part of a, an art studio there, and we were doing some really cool stuff, um, so that was on one hand, and then the other hand was, my, uh, was Debbie, <laughs> and it was a really, really easy choice. But I'd always thought that I was just going to leave Rangi or I'd, live, I'd already lived in the city, and I lived up north, and and I'd had some time in Australia, and and um, you know, like twenty five almost years. ago, uh, Yeah, twenty five years now, almost I think. Yeah, I've been in this church <laughs> since since that decision actually, and I I just don't have any I don't have any regrets. You know, this church was planted in 1988 um, to the heart. Of Rangiora with real intentionality to be in the center as a point of outreach as a point of light to see that young people, there was such intentionality around youth ministry with this church. Massive. There was a youth drop-in center established. I think um, you know Peter and Lynn were just like massive champions in this era and in this space, and I'm no doubt building and painting and serving and in, in so many. Uh, different ways. You know, North Canterbury Youth Services was established by Tim Tim Good. Many of us know the amazing Tim Good and Christy Arth was right there. And there were camps to the West Coast. There were holiday camps. I taught bone carving after school for teenagers. as like a 24-year-old with a Dremel. I don't know if I could do that again. But, you know, like we were just so mucking in to make something happen, to see the light of the gospel, you know, touch our community. And none of that's changed. And let me just throw this one down. You know, if if you see yourself as a member of this church family, then at some point you need to reconcile the fact that you've got a light to shine. You've got someone that you're called to. You're you're a you're a point of difference in This world, maybe it's a field of lentils to defend. (laughs) You know, as a church, we have we're intentionally setting our course for the next generation as well. And we love every generation, but we are so aware that unless we reach the next generation, the church will die out within a generation, right? You know, there would be no Church, so we are no doubt in our hearts, and we have we invest financially, raising up youth ministries and and releasing, and we've seen ministers go all around the country from this church, and it's super exciting to be such a ascending church, and and so we were going to be celebrating, um, you know, this today specifically around our youth ministry, but we're going to hold that off just a bit longer. But we've got so many other amazing people that we want to pray for today because we're actually starting um, with Mitch moving on. We're actually able to release actually a few more people into different positions in this church, and, and um, that's really awesome, eh? So um, we're going to pray for, let me just, I'll, I'll read this out. We're going to pray for Bree Chettle as well. So Bree has just started at, uh, come on. She started as a 24-7 youth worker at Rungiora High. Come on, isn't that amazing? We're going to pray for Liam Chesham, who's our worship leader, um, or worship team leader, and, and for Becca, who's our service producer here as well, and for Joseph, who's our tech and lead, uh, live stream lead, and so th- these guys are going to be a powerful team working together. So can I just invite all you guys up onto the stage right now, and I mean, it'd just be awesome church if we could just stand in this moment. And yeah, Governance team, it would be wonderful to just to have you up here as well. On the stage, Bree, yep. <coughs> so what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit more of a general prayer. We are going to just kind of make special attention to Brie here. Uh, and then we're going and, and to pray a bit more generally. But then after that moment, we're going to close the service off, right? And, you know, you're welcome to linger and have fellowship and all that. But then we're just going to have some prophetic time specifically for each one of these guys that may go on for three hours. So you might not want to be a part of that. But you can be if you'd like. Too good. All right. I'm just going to bless you guys. How about we will just stretch a hand out right now to each one of them Jesus thank you Holy Spirit we just thank you for your anointing in this place right now we just thank you for your presence God we thank you for legacy in this place oh God we just thank you Jesus that you you said that the spirit of the Lord is on me because you have anointed me to bring freedom recovery break chains we just thank you that your spirit has massive power and effect in Jesus' name. So I just release that spirit over Joseph right now. I just thank you for your blessing and your favor for, for his assignment here at Thrive, God. For your blessing over him as a, as a shepherd in this house, Jesus. Give him vision. Give him faith for this role in Jesus' name thank you, Jesus, for Becca, God. We just thank you for your anointing all over her life, God. We just thank you for your blessing, Father. Give her sight, give her like a new sense of, um, of, uh, of blueprints, God. I just That word, like you're going to get blueprints uh, for the way that you see things are to be done. And so we just bless Becca at this time, Father, for the anointing and the grace in this season in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for Bree, God. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for this this bold, courageous young lady, Jesus, just stepping out in her call, Father, to bring the light into a High, God. And so we just release that anointing, the Spirit of the Lord over here to release freedom, God. God, to we thank you for divine connections, God, with young people, those appointments, God, Lord, the ones that are here, her Timothy's and God, did she would be like a Barnabas and a Paul father, raising up people, God. Just we bless her today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Hi, God. We just thank you for Liam this morning. Oh, we just thank you for your spirit. Oh, your spirit over him, God, for the heart of a worshiper, God. Lord, we just thank you, uh, Father, for Liam, God, being positioned to be their team leader uh, in this hour, God. We just thank you for that grace and the mantle of leadership. We just pray you bless him, God, to take us and lead us, God, into deeper encounters with your presence. Give him discernment. Give him wisdom. Give him a grace to teach, God. And we just pray, Father, for fresh fire. Lord, just like more Jesus, more Jesus. Your blessing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me just pray for you, church. Let's just, because we're all sent ones, right? Thank you, Jesus. We just thank you for your anointing here right now, Jesus. And we thank you for those crazy words in, in your word, Jesus, where you said that you will do even, you'll do these works, but you'll do even greater things. And God, we just, we thank you for greater things ahead for our lives personally, for for anyone here today who just needs to step out of a box. We just pray right now that boxes would be broken and lids would be lifted in Jesus' name. We just pray right now that you would open our hearts to the assignments that you've put in front of us at this time, Jesus. Open our hearts to the people, to the ones, to the Thomases stuck in cupboards, God, that we need to pull out and sit on track again, Father. And I just bless, I just bless those who have felt like they've been in a Shema place, in a place of loss and desolation, God, that you would bring encounters and peace, a sense of your presence in this hour in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus.